Hello, everybody. Welcome to week three of the TTR podcast. Um, today's guest is he's an awesome dude. Um, I I've just met him in you know in the last little bit. Um, he is a ultra what I guess you call it ultra marathon runner. Um, he does a whole bunch of other stuff though. He coaches runners. He uh, organized and I guess is president of a run club. Uh, he has his own race up in the Collingwood area. Um, he has his own business. Like this guy does a whole lot of stuff. Um, we primarily today, I I was more interested in talking about his um, athletic endeavors as an ultra marathoner. So that's primarily what you know I kind of tried to talk about, and we talked about his race um, that he held here in Collingwood. When was that? I guess. Uh, what back in mid October I think it was, um, yeah. So, anyways, all around great dude. Uh, I I enjoyed today's episode and I hope you will as well. But uh, we have, I, ca- I call it our sponsor. It's not really a sponsor, but uh, it's my company, Beach Runner. Um, what I'm trying to do with Beach Runner is. I'm well. I'm putting together a race next June, June 10th, 2017, um, and I'm really just trying to put on the the best race possible. Um, I've been running races and volunteering at races for a while now, and I really just would like to get. Um, this is is kind of just a long time goal of mine. Uh, I want to create a really good, fun event that you know everyone can kind of come to. So. If you're a jogger, you know who lives near a beach, you obviously you know what I'm talking about. You probably like to run uh, run the beach near your home. If you're not, this is a good challenge to or a good chance to get up to a beach and uh, race some local runners. So, so yeah, Beach Runner One next June June 10th. Um, I'm uh, yeah I'm you know I'm busy. I'm running around. I'm trying to get all the all the stuff together to make this event a, a huge success. So. Please sign up. The website is coming. Um, more details on that, but we are working on it. Should be out in the next uh, next few weeks or so. So enough for me rambling on. Today's guest, as I mentioned, is Nick Brindisi. Enjoy. I'm recording. Test one, test two. Okay, I think we're good. Um, okay, so yeah, first of all, Nick, I just wanted to congratulate you on uh, on that successful half marathon there. Uh, well, I guess it was a few weeks ago now, but um, I, I assume it all turned out well. It looked good from my end, but I wasn't in the whole, I wasn't behind the scenes like you were, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it was October 3rd, and uh, we had 503 runners, and 75 of them were uh, kids between the age of 4 and 14. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, has has it always? Have you always had that high of a number of uh, you know younger registrants like that, or is that the first? No, uh, we we had a kids race the first year, but uh, the organizers who were doing it decided to pull out, so we ended up you know two years of it without a kids race, and then this year we actually did have a kids race, so it was fantastic, and we did it in conjunction with the town of Collingwood and the uh, Healthy Kids Community Challenge and the YMCA. Okay, and how I I think I actually just saw that online. The kids race was two kilometers. Yeah, it was two kilometers, and it used uh, part of the 10K out and back course. So it allowed for the kids to actually be on the same course as the adults, and they got a bib so they were timed and all that sort of thing. 
Okay, that's not bad. That's a, that's a good idea. And I, I assume they took it well and everything? Everyone enjoyed it? Oh, yeah, the kids had a fantastic time. Judging from the photos, there was quite a few smiles out there. So yeah. Right on. That's good stuff. I know, uh, I know a few races have started doing um that kind of they'll do like a kids dash 1k or something um and i was talking to i've I've had a conversation with sarah sterling who um we were you know we were talking with uh regarding that beer run earlier this summer and right. she, yeah so she has her race series down in uh, markham and, and i was talking about uh this with her a few weeks ago but i i, ha- I had to pace money for one of these uh these kids 1k dashes or whatever and these kids were pretty young. Uh, the group I was I was pace bunning at least they were probably uh, around the age of like five, six, seven ish. Um, and I was running fast, like I was running almost at a full clip, and they were right on my heels the entire the entire kilometer. It was it was pretty neat to see just the uh, the energy and stuff these kids brought to the their little one k race there. Oh, it's incredible! I think the the quality of uh athlete that you're seeing in younger kids is increasing all the time as uh, the popularity and just the awareness of fitness gets out there i mean we were seeing like four minute kilometers out there on some of these kids yeah that's crazy yeah yeah so the the weather was pretty good that day as well well for the first half at least it started raining on the uh on the kind of back half of the race but do you, do you think that uh like does that affect registrants i assume i i personally don't really look at the weather before i register for races but i assume some do right well there there's definitely um sort of a an uptake in, in registrations towards the end of the period so like in the last couple of weeks but uh, you know that could be people just hedging their bet against maybe they're going to be injured or whatever but yeah. You know how fickle the weather is. It's it's really hard to register based on weather. I think people just come and they see what they get. But uh, yeah, I mean, who can predict it? But it was actually perfect running weather, other than a little bit of rain. But I don't mind a a very light rain when I'm running anyway. I I agree. I uh, to be honest, I actually kind of like it sometimes. So uh, yeah, whatever works. So how long yeah. uh, how long have you been running this race? Or, or sorry, like directing this race? I guess. Uh, four years now. That was our fourth year. So uh, for the fifth year, we're We've got really ambitious plans to double the size of it and get a thousand runners out here. Oh yeah, that's that would be awesome. It's it's oh, a great yeah. it's a great course. I mean, you know, we took it uh, picking up the cones and stuff after and before, and yeah, it's it's a great course. I uh, you know I don't see any reason why that's not possible. So yeah, it's uh, it's a course I designed that would have the least amount of hills around this area because it can get pretty hilly. And yeah, everyone asked me this. They're like, "Oh, uh, Collingwood. I mean, that's really hilly up there, isn't it?" And I'm like, "Well." The thing is, we have less vertical change than the uh, Toronto Half Marathon, and, and people can't believe that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. I guess, uh, I guess, looking back, yeah, the really, the the part that kind of stuck out most is just on. I guess it would be on Poplar Side Road. Um, what I guess that would be at around like just past the halfway mark. I guess around like twelve kilometers or so. It's actually a little further along, around 16, 17K. Okay, um, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's it's at the uh, 5K turnaround, actually. So it'll be around 16 kilometers. You see there's that last hill on the uh, proper side road, but that's really nothing compared to Hog Hollow in uh, Toronto, which is uh, young around Lawrence there. And uh, after you pass Lawrence, I think it's this huge hill that you go up, and, and it's way bigger than the one on Poplar. Okay, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So... It's your sorry. You just said it was your fourth year doing it this past year. Have yep. you had and have you? Um, is this the only or first race you've ever directed, or have you been involved um, in the directing scene in in other races? 
Well, I've just been a lifelong runner, so it, it made sense that I would eventually be directing some sort of a race. And, mm. and what happened is I do all of the uh, marketing for the Good Life Fitness Toronto Marathon, which yeah. is in May every year. And uh, the race director, Jay Glassman, is a, uh, is my business partner in this uh, venture, so it's kind of a sister race of the Toronto Marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, I have a lot of experience, you know, coming from, from Jay and, and his team. Yeah, um, and, and he's been doing the Toronto Marathon for over I don't know twenty five years now. So oh, really? It really okay. made a difference. Cool. Yeah, cool. So, and I've I've kind of asked this to uh, to a few different race directors, um, just because I know how kind of how stressful it all is when it comes together in that final, you know, right right all at the uh, to get everyone going for the start line. But have you any had any um, as a race director? Have you had any? kind of colossal race day failures that stick out in your mind or has it been a pretty smooth process for you so far uh well you know the first year was obviously rougher than the uh succeeding years and that was just simply because it was the first time collingwood had ever done it so you know the town the police uh it was kind of a whole new thing for, for everyone here mm-hmm. and so uh you know and it was a new thing for me as well and a couple of the uh little pieces that have to come together on race day fell through and I ended up having to scramble and make it all happen. And uh, yeah. one of the problems, we, one of the things we realized, for example, we combed the entire route and uh, having two trucks and two trailers makes a huge difference compared to one truck and oh, one trailer. So, I, I that um, for sure. that, that, we, we didn't actually get the entire course fully combed the first year and the police um, only provided 11 officers, which was never enough to um, to truly uh, you know do this thing properly. Mm-hmm. So we learned a lot, and, and in the succeeding years, we we have grown to like 120 volunteers and 21 police now. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. It's so, a massive undertaking. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. It it looked like it. I uh, you know I was. I, again, I was kind of removed from it doing the uh, the cones and stuff with those guys, but I, I really I was just kind of trying to stay out of the way because I you know I know how it is. It's uh, it is it's a massive undertaking. There's a lot of moving parts, and uh, it doesn't take much for it to start to unravel. So, oh yeah, uh, cool. So the next thing I wanted to ask you about actually was um, was the run club that you so you've started the Georgian Triangle Run Club, correct? Is that that's what it's called? Yeah, myself and Adam Martinuk uh, came together with some ideas, and uh, we, we've got uh, some really uh, a good core of coaches that uh, are very enthusiastic about running. And, uh, yeah. and Adam has, uh, you know, his second uh, kid was born, so I know he's got a lot going on. And uh, anyway, he sort of stepped back from the club, and, and so now I'm the president of the club. And mm-hmm. you know, of course, I built the website since that's what I do for a living. So uh, yeah. I manage all these different pieces. Cool. And and how long has that been going on for? Uh, it would be probably we're coming into our fifth year. It's about the same amount of time as the race, actually. Okay. Cool. So that, and I've looked at it a little bit online, um, but for anyone listening and stuff, like how? So how exactly does that work for someone? I guess who's looking to join it? How? Like, what what is that process like? Oh, it's easy. Yeah, uh, we we have a. Uh, an online sort of registration so you can go on and uh, and join the club. It's only $30 a year, and that covers the uh, enrollment for, for that year. And, uh, you know, the club itself, we have runners of all different abilities. So we've got people that, uh, like one of the coaches, Boston Mike, I call him, he's uh, Boston Mike McCluskey. He <laughs> has run Boston over six times, I believe. And, oh, really? Uh, 
he's you know we're definitely a senior statesman for running and then we've got younger people we've got all ages all ability levels yeah okay wow that's crazy mm. and so um I, I assume there's some variance to it but uh like how how often do you guys meet and do you do kind of like different style runs um during the weeks or how does like how does that work yeah we just um had one program for example called race ready which was a uh, build-up for the uh Collingwood Half Marathon, so it was a uh, 12-week uh, you know, running program at CCI, so we were on the school track okay. and doing some speed work, and there's also trail runs, there's uh, road runs, you know, it, it tends to be more through the uh, spring and summer and fall, and then drops off in the winter, because a lot of people don't want to run in the winter, I mean, mm-hmm. I do, and, uh, and there is a sort of a stronger core of you know, people who don't mind running in the cold weather that, that come out and run, uh, you know, road runs all winter. Yeah. I actually did, uh, so I, I trained for my, I did my first marathon um, in March of this year. I oh, did, uh, thank you, <laughs> it, was a, yeah, it was a huge, uh, as you know, the first one's a, a big step. But I, So I did the Myrtle Beach one, um, I think it was March 5th was the exact date. Right. And uh, I had kind of registered for it um, like way way before that i would say probably the previous summer and um being the dummy i am i didn't really think of it at the time but i did like the pretty much the core of my training for my first marathon right in the winter and uh it was actually my first winter up here in collingwood so i was dealing with all the snow i'm i'm from back down south in uh, markham so it was just kind of uh it's a lot to take on for the first marathon i think but i got it done so i guess that's the uh, i guess that's the important part that's fantastic, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, the marathon's a whole different experience, and if you've done half marathons or any other kind of 10Ks or other races, yeah. you realize when you actually do that marathon, it's a whole different uh, kind of thing that happens to your body out around 32K or exactly. 36K, whatever it is. Yeah, and I... Uh I don't know it being the first one I think I made a few uh, a few errors um, in my training for sure but yeah I had I know exactly what you mean I had a good well I had a good like first half of the race and then I just I blew up the second half I just wasn't expecting that so I don't know I learned some yeah, lessons that's, learned some that's lessons. the most common thing that happens <laughs> yeah yeah no for sure cool and and so you also do um, you also do your coaching and training as well right yeah, I have a little private coaching practice that's, um, it goes a little beyond where the running club leaves off. The running club has some coaching and it has group sort of social activities, but, yeah. you know, with runners that want to take it to the next level, particularly in the area of ultramarathon, then I can sort of take them to that next level uh, one-on-one on a private basis. Okay, so that's actually where I was going to lead to. So you work one-on-one, um, so you have like a group of individual clients or whatever, and that's how that's how that works? Yeah, we uh, we have uh, some that are local enough that I can run with them, but uh, a lot of them are remote coaching, so it's uh, a lot of texting and you know writing plans back and forth. And yeah, you know where my coaching changes is a little bit different than the typical coaching. Is that it's not just giving someone a plan and saying, okay, here's the runs you have to do to get to where you're going. Mm-hmm. My entire value proposition is based on the mental aspect of running and how you actually get your brain in the right place because at the end of the day that's really the muscle in your body the brain that gets you uh, to oh, your goals absolutely and I haven't done the ultras like you have or anything but uh, absolutely on those longer distances it's it's a total mind game really you oh, might... whatever the distance yeah yeah, yeah for sure it's, it's really what your mind tells your body to do exactly and so um, 
and I, I believe you touched on it, but so you specialize with people who are trying to um, who are trying to kind of bump their running game up to the next level in order to kind of complete an ultra. Is that is that who your kind of ideal candidate is, or are you with runners of all abilities? Um, all abilities, and uh, the thing is, it doesn't have to be an ultra. It can be even if they're training for a half marathon or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I've got a couple of clients. Uh, one client I had that uh, she was doing all sorts of half marathons and really doing well, like running, you know, this is a woman in her mid-40s. She was running, you know, around a 136 half marathon, and she'd never done a full marathon before. So mm-hmm. she came to me with that idea. A 136 half, her. though, that's a pretty that's a pretty good speed. Oh, yeah, she's very, uh, very quick. Yeah. But, you know, the marathon, like I said, is a whole different game. So yeah. Uh, the first step was to identify, you know, obviously what the training plan was going to be and lay that out quickly so that she would get on the right plan as far as doing the runs she needed to do. But most of the work, and, and she's local, so I ran with her. And, um, and during those runs, we were able to get really down into her mindset and what were the things motivating in her life, what are her challenges in her life. And then I could sort of start seeing, okay, here are some interesting metaphors we can talk about about different things that would work for her mm-hmm. and um, anyway to make a long story short I ended up with a, a sort of a story an allegory about a butterfly and it ended up working so oh really eh? she, uh, yeah I gave her a goal time like an A time and a B time and her A time was three and a half hours okay and uh, she did like three and a half hours plus 24 seconds oh so, no way yeah I was very very proud of her because she executed exactly exactly the plan and, and just Blew it away on race day and tough conditions too. Last night, yeah, very windy, very rainy, very cold. That's well. That's awesome. That's exactly you know. That's exactly what you're looking for is to uh, to make a plan and to stick to it on race day because all too often that that plan on race day kind of, well, in my experience and I'm sure in others, you have those races where it just blows up on you. Yeah, and that's why you have a B time. But yeah. The, the more uh, significant thing in her case, I think was that it wasn't just all about a, a run, which is great on one particular day, and um, it's a wonderful achievement and all that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. the bigger achievement was the way it actually sort of rewired her brain to uh, accept other challenges in her life and actually get through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Okay, so the, She's amazing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, a huge, it's a huge mental and physical accomplishment, and um, it is. It's nothing shy of amazing. Whatever your goal is, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Um, so the last thing I kind of wanted to ask you about in terms of, I guess, kind of community involvement is, um, this active lifetime magazine. And I'll be honest, I haven't, uh, I I didn't have enough time to look at, at it in, in as much depth as I would have liked. Um, but are you able to just kind of tell me a little bit about that where, uh, you know, where the motivation behind that came and. Yeah, um, myactivelifetime.com is uh, the uh, website that is a uh, collective. It's written by uh, quite a few different authors, and if you go to the contributors page, you'll see there's a little bio on each one of them, mm-hmm. and they all represent different disciplines. So I've got um, people who are kinesiologists um, you know, or uh, you know physiotherapists. I've got people that are um, different athletes that are at the top of their game in different sports, like mountain biking or running or. Yep. whatever the sport might be. And then I've also got people that are in the mental game. You know, there's uh, a psychotherapist. There are um, all sorts of different motivational people that uh, you know, life coaches. Mm-hmm. And then they write all these articles. And uh, so it's kind of like a one-stop shop for combining the whole uh, mental and physical game with active living. That's awesome. And has that been going on around the same time, about four or five years or so? Or Yeah, it, uh, 
it sort of came about because, you know, what I do in marketing, like I enjoy it to an extent, but my real passion is, uh, is this whole active living and healthy living sort of thing. Yeah. You know, just getting people moving. Yeah. I, uh, I totally agree with you. Okay. Awesome. Hey, so this is going to be our first little break. Uh, I'm going to throw a tune in here. So we'll just take a, a couple second pause.
Okay, Nick. Um, so I do want to shift gears a little bit, uh, and I've been itching to ask you about this because it's definitely um, it's definitely on my kind of longer term goal list to get into um, the whole ultra marathon world. And I read that I read this um, the article that was uh, done on you. I don't even know the name of the paper. Uh, in oh, here. Enterprise Bolton. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, so I read the article on you uh, about the Sinister Seven. So, and for for those again listeners who don't know, um, why don't you just start off by telling us what exactly the Sinister Seven is? Oh, Sinister Seven is one of the most difficult hundred uh, mile ultra marathons I'd say in North America. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's in the Crow's Nest Pass in Alberta. It's 161 kilometers and uh, 19,000 vertical feet of climbing, and it's mostly uh, single track and some um, ATV trails that are in the mountains, and uh, you know very little road. But you know they have to connect some of the sections by road. But you end up running in the ditch uh, anyway, so you're not really on pavement anywhere in uh, in the race until the very end uh, when you're coming into the finish line. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a very long, very difficult uh, race that will definitely beat you up, and it's in some of the most rugged sort of wilderness that the crowness pass has to uh, throw at you yeah i uh i uh, so i was looking into it a little bit after i read that article this was um i think it came out in the summer but so they and they do not sugarcoat it at all on the website or anything they say you know they they flat out say it's you know this isn't for the weak of mind uh we have lots of like you know it's so i thought that was pretty cool it's just it's it's badass if you think about it you know they just come out right out and say um you know, be prepared because this race will beat you up both mental, mentally and physically. <laughs> yeah, Brian Gallant, the race director, does not sugarcoat it. And uh, it is mostly a relay race. There's probably 1,500 runners that are yeah, on teams I, of up to seven. And there's seven legs. So, uh, But of, of that, there's 216 solo runners. And of that, there were only 61 that finished and I was 31st. So I did I see, very happy to survive I, it. Yeah, I did see that. And I wanted to I wanted to congratulate you on that. That's uh, Yeah, that's a Thank job you. well done. That's amazing. Um, was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah I bet. So is that is that the toughest ultra you've done to date? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah? There's, uh, there's not a lot much... Uh, <clears throat> harder than, than this race other than maybe the fat dog race in dc which is 193k 28,000 feet yeah wow um have you heard of uh have you heard of like the bigfoot 200 is that is that kind of on your radar i'm moving up to 200 mile races uh no i you know i i'm happy enough with a uh, 100 mile race i think 200 is starting to get uh just to the point where it isn't fun anymore yeah it's pretty um, I mean, crazy uh, there, there's some dark times enough in a in a hundred mile where your brain is in some really dark places, you know, in the middle of the night where you're, you know, doing like a two thousand foot climb up a mountain and it's pitch black and there's only like this cone of reality around your headlamp and you know there's uh, always the possibility of uh, you know encountering a grizzly, which I did actually in twenty fourteen. Oh really? Or, or cougars? <laughs> you encountered them at nighttime or during the day? There was one particular big uh, <clears throat> grizzly at night, and it was about 95 kilometers into the race. Uh, well, actually, maybe closer to 100, and it was when the sun had just sort of gone down. So, I mean, the grizzly was probably about 20 meters ahead on the trail, and, and I pulled out my bear spray, and I was ready, but uh, the bear just sort of stood up on his hind legs, looked at me, and wondered what the headlamp was. And yeah. I guess he felt spooked enough that he took off in the woods, and that was the end of it. Wow, that's crazy. So, it was kind of crazy, yeah. I, I almost needed a new pair of shorts for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've actually, to be honest, I've never, even, I've never seen a grizzly. I've seen black bear, um, 
like how big how big is it i i assume huge oh they're, <laughs> they're huge the, the hind paws are like the size of a personal pizza like they're, they're massive like they're wow ridiculously large yeah wow very that's, scary that's crazy yeah so <clears throat> what is um uh, I, this is kind of a generic question, so I'm going to try and break it down into um, into more specific components. But uh, so I'm curious about the kind of training that goes into the race. Um, I'll start off with I'll start off with um, like your running training. How does that work? And what I mean by that is, um, do you do during the week? Do you do kind of um, speed days, tempo days? I assume you have a long run day. Like how how do you kind of break that down while training for a race like this? Well, for me anyway, it's, it's <clears throat> a little bit less about speed and more about uh, endurance and climbing capabilities. So oh, yeah, okay. we're blessed to live in a place like Collingwood where we got this ski hill here. So mm-hmm. um, you know, like uh, I remember one particularly the hardest sort of um, final training. Uh, like the training goes on for three, four months, but the final training phase that got me right to the point where I was ready to taper was a uh, eight day period where I did a, a five hour run with uh, my coach and friend, Peter Taylor, who is uh, himself like an amazingly accomplished runner, way faster than me. Yep. And, uh, and so Pete and I did a, a 50 kilometer, uh, no, sorry, 40 kilometer and five hour, but it had uh, somewhere around 6,000 vertical feet in it. And we did it at Devil's Glen. So, Okay. We were always either climbing or descending. So that was day one. And then he suggested to me at the end of that run, okay, for the next uh, seven days, I want you to do one leg a day, and it'll be one leg of sinister sort of simulated okay. for seven days straight. So at the end of it, I ended up uh, in eight days with 200 kilometers and 24,000 feet of climbing just using Blue Mountain. Wow. It, it is. Yeah, it was it, a very tough week. Yeah, I bet that's crazy. It's it's awesome that yeah. we have the uh, that we have the hill right there or the mountain right there. Though it's, you know, I've done a couple, not nothing quite as long as that or anything, but um, it's great. I I love having it right there, and it's one of the reasons why I chose to move up here. So. Oh yeah. Um. Absolutely. Yeah. So what what do you do? And there's there's a reason why I'm asking this. Um. Basically, when I ran my marathon, I, I and I've always been pretty pretty physically active. Um, and I, you know, I ran as a as a kid and teenager and stuff. So I've I've always kind of been around it, but I've never done anything quite like a marathon. And when I did this, I I pretty much altogether I almost stopped strength training. Like I was doing maybe a day a week, if that. Um, oh, okay. And that that was uh, that was one of my major issues. <laughs> um, looking back, I I, I I don't know. Just for me, it was um, it was just not good. I so do you do do you do some specific um, strength training like in the weight room to prepare for this? Uh, yeah, not so much in the weight room. I do a lot of body weight stuff. Okay. Um, and and I would say like never neglect your strength training because as much running as you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're doing all the training in the world, but if you neglect certain muscle groups, then then those ones will uh, get injured. It's only a matter of time. So exactly. And when I said body weight. I mean push-ups. I mean uh, basic uh, ab crunches and planks and yeah. stuff like that, and, and a ton of uh, dynamic um, stretching as well. You, know, you have to you have to do these things and take care of the machine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, do you are you into yoga? Do you do yoga to stretch it all out, or no? I, I find that yoga for me. 
uh, personally, it, it's it's too much joint mobility, and and I, it leaves your joints vulnerable, especially when you're dealing with trail running. Because um, like I, one thing I've really built up is the tendon strength and the muscle strength in the lower legs because of the uh, you know the underlying terrain and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can basically go over on my ankle and it doesn't do anything because the tendons are so strong that I don't actually damage anything. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of really cool exercises like um, you know, some Swedish studies, for example, on uh, eccentric training of the uh, calf. So you're on a stair and you're actually making it so that you go up uh, without any effort and then you, all the effort is coming down. So you're letting your heel descend and that's actually lengthening the muscle instead of shortening it. So there, there's little tricks like that that you have to sort of incorporate. And these are all part of the things I do in my coaching as well, like showing people what their strength training should be. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's uh, yeah. That's neat. I've I've never I've never heard about that. But again, I'm I'm not into it as much as you are. At least at this point. Um, going back to your coaching, actually, just because you mentioned it there, I because I will, and I mentioned it's uh, it's definitely on my radar. I, th- I I'm looking at trying to get it, and I've actually never done a trail race. Um, but I'm looking at doing one probably next spring. I guess the like probably around 25k is probably where I'll start out. But yeah, um, I've got a race for you too. <laughs> what's that? I have a very good race to recommend as well. It's called Pick Your Poison, and it's at uh, Horseshoe Valley. And I really think you should. Uh, you know, you know what? For, that's uh, that's actually the one I was looking at. Yeah, that's the one I was looking at at Horseshoe. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, great. That's that. Uh, that almost solidifies it. Then I'm uh, I'm in. Yeah, Adam Hill, the race director, is a good guy. He's a friend of mine, and, uh, and he puts on an amazing race. And instead of getting a medal, which is just going to end up in a drawer somewhere, yep. uh, you're going to get a pair of technical socks and uh, a jar of organic honey as your uh, finish line gift. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, Nick. Um, I'm just going to we're going to take another quick pause here. I'm going to have a music break. All right. All right.
Okay. Um, so we're actually getting uh, pretty near the end of my uh, little question list here for you. I do have a couple more. Um, and I had it written down somewhere, but I seem to have misplaced it. So, and you did a you did a couple other um, like local local uh, trail races this summer as well, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, there's a uh, organization called the Ontario Ultra Series. Um, so it's uh, it's a bunch of races that sort of are all um, aggregated on the same website. And in um, these races, uh, there, there's also like a, a point cup where you uh, you know gain points based on participation in these things, and uh, you can win like the most uh, you know participation in all the races for the season, and all that sort of thing. And uh, okay, and pick your poison is one of those races. So that was the first one I did in my season this year. Mm-hmm. And um, then there's uh, well, actually, the Crimhart Vertical Challenge uh, has now gone away, but it was an amazing race. Mm-hmm. And there's the Dirty Girls, and there's uh, the Halliburton Forest Ultra, you know, all those kind of races. Cool. Do you have a uh, Do you have a favorite local one, or are you uh, you just kind of in there to you like them all? Well, I mean, I, I love them all, but uh, if, if I had to pick, um, you know, I'd, I'd say there's two favorites. I really like the um, the Pick Your Poison as my uh, season opener, and I really love the uh, Halliburton uh, Forest Ultra. I've done the 100 mile there. I've done the 25K there. I've done the uh, 80K there, you know, the 50 miler. So yep. uh, I, I've done three of the races there, and it's just an amazing, beautiful uh, Halliburton Forest is just fantastic. It's very technical. It's very hilly. Mm-hmm. Very difficult course, but um, but fantastic. Just love it. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. And it's all about the people too. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, yeah, absolutely. Do you? Um, so, what kind of races do you have on your uh, on your to do list for next season? Other than other than the season, other than the ones you just mentioned. Sorry. Yeah, for for next season, I'm definitely going to open up with the. Uh, Pick your poison again, mm-hmm. and uh, but but it's actually there's a I shouldn't say that there's a possibility, and it's not 100 percent confirmed that I'll be doing a canyon race in Arizona in February. So oh no way, you know yeah because I'd, I'd really like to get another six points for uh, UTMB, um, which and is what uh, is that in France? What and is that? Sorry, the, the uh... granddaddy of them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. You mentioned six points for UTMB. Can, sorry, could you just explain that a little bit more? I'm I'm unfamiliar. Well, um, Ultra Trail Mont Blanc or UTMB is uh, is a pretty much the most prestigious, well known ultra race in the world. It's well, arguably. I mean, there's the Hard Rock, there's uh, you know Leadville, all those kind of big hundred milers. But uh, okay. for me, there's there's something very uh, cool about uh, going to Chamonix and uh, and running a European race of this stature. It's, mm-hmm. it's just like you're you're there with the running elite, and I'm by no means running elite. I mean, I'm. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd be lucky to even be uh, in the same race as these people. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's quite an amazing race, and it's it's got a lot of vertical. And it's 100 miles. It's in Europe, so it's pretty cool. You know, you're you're running around the tallest mountain uh, in France, of course, Mont Blanc. Yep. So it's pretty cool. Wow. So, and so, are you uh, are you trying to gear up to to get into that one? Is that what you were saying? Sorry, I kind of cut you off because I uh, I just I, I needed to I needed to know more about that. Yeah, it's uh, it, basically I got six points at uh, Sinister Seven, which is a qualifier. Okay. And uh, and so like I can get another six if I do this one in Arizona, and you have to do it within the calendar year, and then you can make your application to get in. Okay. So it's really tough to get in, so 
it'd be a real dream of mine to do that. But uh, of course, these things are expensive, and uh, I'm only sponsored for uh, for clothing at the moment and uh, a couple of other things. But yeah. not not travel. Yeah, no, I hear <laughs> and, you. you know, I'm, I'm not a pro. <laughs> I guess I'm a semi-pro if you want to put it that way. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, you know what, Nick? I uh, I believe that's all. Um, I did want to just take a second. So one of the one of the reasons, kind of why um, I'm starting, I s- started this podcast and everything is, uh, it's been a long time dream of mine. And I'm like you, I've been uh, kind of in the, I've been, a, I've been a runner for pretty much ever. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's been, it's been a long time goal of mine to, uh, to kind of actually host my own races, um, potentially even race series if that works out. So I decided to do. Um, next i believe the date's going to be june 10th but that is just pending confirmation right now um i'm going to be starting my first race out in uh wasaga beach it's and it's going to be actually called um i'm going to actually call the series beach runner so it's it's going to be run right actually along the like along the beached area the sanded area oh wow um it's going to be a little bit of a struggle to pull off i'm finding out um just with just dealing with uh traffic and stuff but um anyways that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at i'm i'm in the i'm in the works of getting that all together for next june um but yeah no i just wanted to kind of let you know that's one of the reasons why i was why i'm getting into this and trying to meet um you know trying to meet and talk to with as many uh with as many kind of local local runners as i can so um thank you very much thank you very much for uh you know um lending me a half hour of your time and answering some of my questions i definitely learned a lot uh because i oh, no problem yeah like i mentioned i'm uh it's it's my goal to kind of get where you're at so it's you know it's always great to talk to someone who's at your level already well get back to me uh when you've run 43 years and <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah i'm 53 now so i've been doing it for uh like since i was 10 competitively yeah. yeah. So that's 43 years, and I, I I find it hard to believe. I'm actually going to be 54 in December. So. Uh, oh really? Yeah. Time flies. You know, yeah. my advice is get out there and enjoy it, and live every day like it's your last. Right on. Well, you know what, you're doing it, and um, it's it's an inspiration to be honest to be doing it. I didn't to be honest, I didn't know you were I didn't know you were 50, but that's that's great. That's um, it's awesome. 54 almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, who's Time counting? Flies when you're having fun. Yeah, I know. I hear you. Anyways, well, great. Thanks a lot, man. And um, yeah, I, you know, I hope we can do this uh, another time, maybe after that uh, yeah. that Arizona race, if you uh, decide to do that. Absolutely, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted. Thanks. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a great day, Nick. You too.